Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I've discovered that when I give to God, Ever since my wife and I had to learn it as a little kid, she learned it as a little kid. We just give to God. And every year, basically, we give a little more to God. None of your business what we give. We just give a little more to God. And you know what God does? God just gives back to us. Now, if you're going to give to get, forget it. You give because he's a good, good God. Do you understand? So if I can't handle money, I won't have many spiritual responsibilities. Because spiritualism, the key, the money is nothing. On this earth, we get hung up about money, don't we? We have to pay bills, get new clothes for the kids, have to feed the family. It can be overwhelming. We're supposed to carve out some of this to give to God? How? The Bible's discussions about money are difficult to hear, and Jesus' teachings about it are downright aggravating at times. Pastor Mark will be teaching from the passages in Luke where Jesus tells us what heaven deems important. He will also probe the attitudes behind our giving or not giving and try to focus our attention on what the proper godly thinking actually is. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 16, part three of his message, Planning for Our Future. It's the average one-to-one person that makes more people. More people come to Christ, not because we advertise, not because we have a Facebook, not because we do all the texting. By the way, I'm texting every week. Some of you haven't got on the texting. Get online. I give you a little text every week to tell you what the sermon's about. Okay? The reason some of you are here, because you didn't get texting. If you would, you probably wouldn't be here. Praise God. I'm glad you missed it. Now, here we go. Let me show you where Lynn and I were. We were in two places, Kathmandu. And in Delhi, this was at a Campus Crusade building. And I'm teaching that week a 200 Calvary Chapel pastors that have churches in northern India. But you see a lot of other things happening here. You see some guys in white and other things. They're graduating 11 students from their three-year Bible college. So here's a picture of what we were doing. These are the people I was teaching. Can you imagine how humbling that is to teach these people how to teach the Word of God? Because they don't know, really. They don't have a lot of ways for... Just stupid guys like me that can say in a practical way, here's how you do it. And here's how you can get the resources. Now, let me show you. Here's my lovely wife. And she's part of the graduation. She's giving a Bible to every graduate that made it through. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And here is me. The day before, they told me I was the speaker for the graduation. What? The day before. Blessed are those that are instant in season and out of season. And God gave me a message. But think what was happening over there. Was that about Linda and I? No, it's about eternal souls in India. 
1.2 billion people in India. Let me give you a real quick thing. One of the pastors, when I got home, he had people come to Christ, Hindus. He baptized them. One husband got angry. The next day, the pastor was in jail. He's out, but he's facing a trial. See, we don't understand. See, that's not the way this world works here yet. But that's the way the world works in the mission field. I can't go to China anymore. Too dangerous. Many places we can't go anymore. But when we go, I'm going. Because I want to reach the gospel to millions of people who never hear. And you enable me to go. Somebody else can speak while I'm gone just for those times. That is not a vacation in case you follow me one day. You'll find that's not a vacation. All right. Now, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's a joy to go. Now, before all of us get a fat head, let me show you 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It is not important who does the planting. It doesn't matter who does the watering of the seed. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Amen. I can't change any life, nor can you. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be, notice the word, rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. There you are again. You and I work for God. And there isn't a better boss in the universe. Our church runs like a business in many ways because corporately we don't have any way to do it other than that. So we have audits and do all those things financially. And I can just say this to you, in all the business things that we do, human and resources, finances, the audit, we get an audit every year from one of the greatest auditing, that audit churches all over the world. And we always have super, super, super high remarks from them. They just congratulate us. That's because we handle God's money here with absolute integrity. Nobody can get at it. I can't get at it. Nobody can get it. I don't have any access to any of that stuff alone. We just let the financial people do it. But I want to say, even though we're kind of a business, we do have a mission statement. Can I remind you what it is? Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transfer them, transfer their lives for eternity. That is why we're here, to transform people's lives for where? Here? No. Eternity? Yes. That's why we're here. Don't forget the VIO we started. Remember what our challenge was last August? The value and impact of one person coming to Christ. And many of you have done that. You've done well. What does that mean? We're going to lead one person to Jesus in the next 12 months. Sorry, we're down to five months. So keep thinking about that. Every single person you look at this afternoon, when you go out to eat, go grocery shop and do whatever, every single person, if you look at their eye, they're going to spend eternity in one of two places. There's no exceptions. And we have to have a heart. God, open a door. Give me an an opportunity. Just even plant a seed. Do anything, God, for me. Now, again, same thing for you guys at Easter. Uh, The thousands of you that served. I just want to thank you so much for that. All those people that came. Why? You invited them. Way to go. And all the people served in all the areas of ministry. It was just fantastic. It is never about us. It's always about God. And that's why we're here. Now, I want you to keep your finger there. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Now, watch what Jesus does. He's going to, again, remember, the future is not our future here. It's the future in heaven when we die. Now, Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, 
where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves can't get in and steal. For where your treasure is, what matters in your life, there your heart will be also. So this is Jesus teaching. And what does he teach us? Write it down. Store up treasure for yourself. Where? In heaven. As I told you, when you die, you're not taking a cart behind you with all your stuff to heaven. So what does Jesus mean by treasure then? That I can send ahead to heaven. Here it is. Anything on earth that has eternal value. Well, think around. What has eternal value? What is going to last forever when this earth is destroyed and we get a new heavens and a new earth? What around you will last forever? Is it, Pastor, my Rolex is going to last forever? Praise God. Just drop that in the offering next week. Now let's move on. (laughs) By the way, will it? No, most of us wear a Timex. Enjoy your Rolex. What two things will last forever? I'm giving you a little clue. What's the Bible say? Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. What's the other thing that will last forever? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to last forever. Turn to him right now and just tell him, you're going to last forever. Is that true? See, you were created a spirit. You will live forever. The issue is, where will you live? That's why we're a church. That's why Jesus is teaching this principle. And it has to do with your time, your talents, and your money. You can't separate it from it. No church can function without finances. Now, when you think of all this happening, we do that. And go back to Luke chapter 6. And Jesus is going to talk about our faithfulness in our giving, our serving, our talents. Look at Luke 16. 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So Jesus introduced the concept of being faithful. As First Corinthians 4 says, Now, a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful. You understand, we are managers for our boss. Everything we have is from God. Now, remember this. If we are faithful in our giving, money's really the kind of the least thing then we'll be faithful in handling what is much. And Jesus says it like this. If I can't handle the things of this world, my time, my talents, and basically money, which is just here today, money is neutral. It's the love of money that's evil. But it's just neutral. But if I can't handle the money, by the way, when you get to heaven, there's no money. Streets are gold. Who needs money? It's over. It's over. But notice, here's what Jesus says. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Every one of us want to hear that. 
You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You see, as we're here, God wants to give you more influence. He wants to give you more open doors. He wants to use your gift in a greater way. He wants to make sure that your time is being used the best. He wants to take your money. And here's what you don't believe. Most people don't. The Bible tells us if you give, God will give back to you generously. You can never outgive God, but people don't believe it because they don't believe God. This is Jesus teaching. I've discovered that when I give to God, ever since my wife and I, I learned it as a little kid, she learned it as a little kid. We just give to God. And every year, basically, we give a little more to God. None of your business what we give. We just give a little more to God. And you know what God does? God just gives back to us. Now, if you're going to give to get, forget it. You give because he's a good, good God. Do you understand? So if I can't handle money, I won't have many spiritual responsibilities because spiritualism, the key, the money is nothing except God says, tithe, give, be generous to me. Now look at verse 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? If I can't handle giving to God in an honest way, If I can't handle that, then realistically, I'm not going to get much more to handle from God because he can't trust me with the little stuff, money. And he wants to trust us with way more in ministry. Some people just come to a dead end in their life because they refuse. They have greed. They don't believe that God owns their money, quote. By the way, verse 12 is huge. Look what this says. By the way, let me stop again. Who's teaching us? See, you forgot that. You thought it was me. Jesus. Look at verse 12. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, when I read that, I went, what? Other people's things? Here's what you want to write in your Bible. What it means is this. If you're not faithful with God's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Just write this verse down and I'll give it to you. Psalm 24, 1. Listen, everybody. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Jesus reminds us that the wealth we have is not ours. Everything you and I have is a gift from God. Our money, our retirement accounts, our possessions, everything we own, everything we are, everything we have, We're simply, he is the owner. We're the managers. Now watch this. God blesses us with his resources and we are to be faithful to manage them. He knows what resources he's given you and what I've been given. So look at verse 16. Jesus brings it down right to the bare tax. Watch this. No one can serve two masters. Now, what two masters would he talk about? God and money. Not my time, not my talents. He's back to money again. Because money is power. It's influence. Notice what he says. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will devote, be devoted to one and despise them. You cannot serve God and money. It's impossible to serve 
both. Now, you remember the statement on our coins. You should remember it. Let's say it together. In God we trust. How long do you think that's going to be on our coins? But you know what really happens with the world especially? And many believers who are wonderful people, look what it really says. Let's read it together. In money, we trust. Now, I know you didn't want to read it, but if you're not generous with God, that's exactly where you stand. Because your money, and it isn't yours, comes before God. Well, Pastor Mark, I serve both. No, I just read something from Jesus. You cannot serve both. You see, if we're not generous, and I'm not giving a figure, if you don't realize that your money, your time, and talents is God, I just give it back to God. What a blessing. What a blessing. He'll, you'll never, ever, ever find that God's stingy with you. But you can't serve both. God has to be in first place. There has to be this master passion. He's first. So look what this says. We were designed to serve God with our or his money, but we can't serve God in money. Now, I want you to understand something. Remember what happened to that manager? You're fired. But first, give me an audit. I'm going to look and judge you by this audit. Well, I want you to see this verse in Romans. It's exactly the same thing. So then, each of us, believers and unbelievers, will give an account of himself to God. See, when an unbeliever gets to hell, and there's going to be degrees of punishment in hell, and when a believer gets to heaven, there's going to be degrees of rewards in heaven. None of those have to do with you getting to hell or heaven. That's all settled by God's grace or you rejected God. You can't work for it. None of us can. But I'm a manager. And one day, I'm going to give an account privately to God of how effective I was. Watch me. Here's God's potential for me with my giving, my serving, my time. Well, I don't think too much about really, Pastor Mike, I'm I'm not interested in the future. I just want to get to heaven. I'm not really interested in time for souls and take a mission trip. Are you kidding me? Take a mission trip, pay for me to go and mission. Well, there's God's potential. This is what you're going to be judged by. Well, uh, I did my best, God. Really? Then there's no rewards. See, if if you use all your time and your money and your giftings here, it's called Wood, hay, and stubble. You get to heaven, but everything you work for is burned in an instant. There's nothing left. No, we want gold. We want silver. We want things in the end that show my life. Now, does anybody meet God's potential? Not a chance. I'm a long way away. But I'm working, guess in what direction? This direction. I'm trying to reduce the gap. And I can only do that by being generous with my time and my talents and my money because all three of those are his. Now, you're going to be judged on quantity, but listen, we're also going to be judged on motive. 
All right, Pastor Mario, you've got me. I'm going to give 25 bucks every week for the next year. Praise God. Can I say this kindly to you? Don't give a penny because your motive is 100% wrong. The reason we give, because he's such a good God to us. Who would like somebody serving you in the parking lot? Put your car over there, would you? Come on, hurry it up. Get out of there. Come in and enjoy the service. We take care of that person and fire him too. No, we want people that are generous and love people and they have a motive for God. That's what the whole service has been about. Remember, who's been teaching you today? So what is the result of Jesus' teaching? Here it is. Look at this statement and I have one more and we're done. We needed to use our opportunities, all our resources, time, talents, money, people. We need to use all of them with eternity in view. When you think of many of the world's people, prince, billionaire, whatever it was, it's all gone. Now who's fighting over it? Hundreds of relatives he never knew he had. Families being destroyed by what? Money. You, I, the longer I live, you rarely find a funeral where money doesn't become a dividing thing. People are not like, oh, my relative looks there after that money. They're going to get there first and find the lawyer. They'll work on it. It's because money is power. You cannot serve God in money. So have an eternal view. So here's the last question I have for you this morning. In 120 years from today, where will you be spending your future? Only two places, in heaven with God. Now, Christian, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be far from perfect. But I want to hear God say words that you want to hear. Well done, Balmer. Good, faithful servant. That's all we are. We work for God. And what a privilege it is. That's what you want to hear. So think about what Jesus taught you today. Find a way to go, whoa, I don't think enough about heaven. Now, we're not weird with heaven, but it has to be on your radar screen because we're all going there. And so use your time wisely. Those of you that are serving, thank you. Don't get tired in well-doing. Just keep serving. Wonderful. Those of you that haven't, find a way to serve. Use your gifts. Go to those chapters. Find out what it is. And I just want to encourage you. If money is the power, that will destroy you in the end. It's not about this church having more money. It's this church having more opportunities to win more people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. We're not about anything with money. It's God's kingdom. And he absolutely will bless you. Well, that may not have been easy to listen to. Talks of God and money always seem to ruffle feathers. But as Pastor Marcus said, he's teaching about it because Jesus taught about it. It's important for us to realize that if we aspire to be faithful followers of Christ, that what we do with all the resources we've been given will be a topic of discussion. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. 
We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. This sermon completes Pastor Mark's teaching on the first half of Luke 16. The next teaching will conclude this chapter. Jesus will be speaking about life and death, the certainty of our dying, and the fact that each of us decides where we end up in the end. Pastor Mark will be sharing Jesus' concern for our well-being and eternal destiny. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving